Hi everybody, this is Julissa. Thank you so much for everyone for coming back to my podcast. And I want to thank you so much for coming back and listening to the episodes. Um, but I'm here to speak about five points that I learned after opening and closing my LLC. It is a lot of information and I'm going to try to do it in 30 minutes. So just bear with me. I think that this is going to help people to know maybe a little bit what to expect and to know um, what to do in some things and don't be surprised, right? Like you want to know what to expect. Um, Let me just tell you in case you didn't know, I'm a fashion designer. I had um, Julissa Designs LLC in Danbury, Connecticut. I had it for I believe, yeah, it was eight years this year, right? And I decided to close about two weeks ago. And I have posted information about the whole decision behind that. And if you want to know about what happened, you can go ahead and go to my YouTube channel where I posted a video, or you can follow me on the Instagram page by the same name, Julissa Designs LLC. But I wanted to come here and share you some things um, because it is bittersweet, right? Um, let me tell you something. I think that about me and the reason why I decided um, to create an LLC, you know, it's not for everybody to own their own business, number one, right? I think that this is in my family, you know, the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial um, passion comes from both sides, my mom and my dad, and I have seen them do their own business. You know, my dad still has his own business as a TV producer. He has his own TV channel for many, many years. And my mom also came from a family who owned furniture stores. And they, you know, my mom also had had was self-employed when we moved here to the United States as a as a child care provider in her home. And, you know, that that came from, you know, from from them. I, I guarantee you that. And behind all of that, you know, the desire um, from God as well. You know, God gives you the desires of your heart. Um, a little background story real quick. You know, I graduated college. I went to to school for fashion, right? I always wanted to be a fashion designer since I was, since I can remember, right? I always wanted to be one, you know, in case you don't know about my story. Um, I'm from the Dominican Republic and the very well-known designer from my country is Oscar de la Renta. I think everybody knows that. And I know he passed away in 2014. But the reason that I bring his information up is that I remember being called Oscarita because of that, because my family, my cousins, everybody knew while I, I was growing up in the Dominican Republic that fashion was my my thing, right? That I always wanted to be a fashion designer. Um, even back then, people would say, you know, that's such a hard career to do. It's very hard and things like that. And then, you know, I was a kid, so like, so what? And, you know, then you hear other people say, I can't wait for you to design something for me. Or my cousins will be saying to me, you're going to design my wedding dress, right? So thanks be to God, you know, like I said, well, before I continue, like I said, I went to school. I did the whole thing. I went to school in Italy. I went to school in New York. I did the whole thing. I even got accepted into FIT in New York City. Um, so what happened to me was that after graduating college, it was hard for me to, to get a job, right? Living in Connecticut, coming to New York City, which is like an hour and 15 minutes probably, um, you know, each way 
it was hard for me to obtain a job so throughout the years i kind of like i was like letting it go in some sense because i was able to get a job at a department store and you know i was a visual merchandising so i will be decorating mannequins and displays and things like that which somehow still put me in the fashion industry a little bit but it wasn't really what I wanted to do right so the whole desire came again and then back then you know it was like when fashion bloggers were starting fashion com you know fashion retail companies will always blog about the items and magazine magazine articles and things like that so I started doing things in the basement where I live right with my family with my sister's home with my mom and my my sister and you know I will be posting, I will be creating a dress, you know, because I went to school for fashion. That's the thing. People don't separate the two. Just because you went to school for fashion does not make you seamstress, right? It's a whole different career. And I always were assumed to be a seamstress. And I will always be correcting people and say, you know, there are fashion designers out there who never touch a sewing machine. And I know how to sew because I went to school for fashion, but I know basic stuff. I don't really know, um, you know, more in-depth stuff, right? But these are things you always tell people, right? So growing up in Denver, Connecticut, um, where we came after moving from the Dominican Republic, I know everybody will tell me, you have to go to New York, you have to go to New York, right? And I basically did everything that I was told to do to make my dream come true. And, you know, I'm very determined. I have a lot of faith and I'm very um, persistent, right? Um, But like I said, it was a moment when I saw myself just working at a department store and I was like you know maybe this is I'm just gonna you know do my thing on the side you know after work I will come and I will be sewing creating jewelry and things like that and then I learned about this website and I started posting my stuff just as as photos and they're like oh you can actually create a store you know back then I knew about Etsy and all of that I knew about that so this website Ostrendy, I think it was I give it a lot of credit to Ostrendy because it basically uh, kickstarted my whole desire kind of back up again because I will I created a store with them right and like I said fashion black back then was very big so I will make a dress and they're like oh we put it on the black and it's sold or then I will make a necklace and they're like oh we put it on the black and we wrote about you and it's sold and then they did an interview with me and you know that got a lot of traction and I came from being putting kind of like the dream aside a little bit to basically getting sales and being promoted and you know they're not now they're writing an article about me and i was like you know wow this is (laughs) it's not as hard as it seems right and going through the whole disappointment of not obtaining a job out of college after you do everything that you were told to do right and having this desire of fashion shows and things like that i was like i'm just gonna open my own thing right so i remember looking at this office space in Denver and I was like I look at the price for the space I'm like I just need a space because you, you know I will be doing this in in my room and I was like I don't want to be disturbed right because people think that because you're working on your you know I don't like calling it side hustle it's more like a passion right so I was like 
I, I get this store for a lot here and I just want to have my own space where I can leave my sewing machine, my mannequin, and when I come back again to work, nobody touches it, still be the same, right? So I found this space, you know, and it's almost like something was going to happen. I had this impulse to like go for it. And I think that's, that's, that was God just pushing me to, yes, you can achieve it. You can make it happen. And there is a whole story behind it. You know, I can't come here and tell you, you know, eight years of what happened to me, almost nine years. But thanks be to God, you know, I've one thing after the other, right? I opened and then I had invited to Connecticut Fashion Week. And then after Connecticut Fashion Week, I did my own fashion show. And I went from everything being so impossible to, oh, it is possible. It is, you know, it can be done, right? Thanks be to God for that, right? And one thing I got to say, if anything you're going to learn from this, if you don't, you know, you don't have an LLC or something like that, a lot of the times we make things in our head impossible based on all the people's opinion. People always, when they see you dreaming big, they're always going to shut it down because they don't do anything like that. So they want to, it's almost like they want to tell you like reality you know that's only for talented people that's only for this and the other people have said that to me in the beginning they will say so I will say oh my goodness oh, I would love to do New York fashion with they're like yeah but you know you have, that's for talented designers you know what a slap in the face to say that to somebody you know and look, I already did two New Year Fashion Weeks, right? I guess, you know, I'm part of the talented group, I guess you can say. <laughs> it's just some people just don't don't watch what they say. But I remember one thing, well, after I opened my LLC, right? I did the whole thing, right? I found a place, I, you know, I signed it, signed the lease for six months, you know, and I said to the landlord, you know, we'll see where God is going to take him. Go walking by faith. And he made the motion with the hands like, okay, you're going to pray now. Kind of like sarcastic. And look at that. Eight years. I'm close to nine. I stay there, right? So I remember um, registering the, the LLC. And I did everything. I'm like, if I'm going to glorify God, it better be an official business. So I went to City Hall. I went up like every floor of City Hall because, you know, you go to one floor to do the paperwork. Then I go, you got to go to do this thing with the task assessor. And then you got to do the trademark name. And then you got to get a notary. And I'm up and down City Hall in Danbury doing everything that I needed to do. And, you know, and then, it, it, you know, I've officially opened and then, like I said, opportunities started coming. So one thing I have to learn, I, I have to say, though, and it should have been a red flag for me because let me tell you something. I remember after I opened, like a month after I officially was, was a business, right, for my studio, because whatever I sold from it, I want to make sure, you know, I will, it was registered and taxed and all of that. Um, I went to this program called SCORE for small business, something like that. And they were like, you know, oh, you have to, you know, where are you located? And I said, I'm in the basement, you know, side of this building located right on the Danbury Green. Because back then I was in the basement. Um, I They call it lower level. level. And this man said to me, well, we believe that they, that's an illegal business that's, that's running. I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, we believe that they're, that they're running an illegal business there. I said, 
No, I I am an official registered LLC. What are you talking about? And mind you, like when I went to City Hall, the fire department said we want to check out the building before we, you open because just to, you know, for safety. Because I said to them, I just have an office. It's nothing big. It's not a storefront, nothing like that. And the fire department, well, we want to go check it out anyways, just to make sure it's safety. And they went. And I remember my landlord being, being upset with me because he's like, why you went to City Hall for that? I said, I went to register my LLC and the fire department wants to check it out. There's nothing I can do. And they went in for like five minutes, man. They just wanted to see what I was going to open. And they'll say, okay, everything is like labeled where the Etsy store are. And that's it. He said, we just don't want you to have a fire here. And then this man, right from SCORE, instead of helping me, he's assuming stuff. And that's one thing I got a lot from my business. And I don't understand what that that is. I don't understand what that came from. But I remember feeling feeling so discouraged from him because he's assuming that I have that, you know, he's telling me that we believe that they're running an illegal business there. I said, what are you talking about? I'm officially a business. But anyways, people have perception. It's, that's another thing. One of my points, right? So let me get to point number one, right, before we run out of time. The biggest point, point number one, is that it is very easy to open an LLC, guys, okay? It's just you have to do paperwork, and it's not hard. You're going to sign your information. What is your business about, right? You're going to call a, an 800 number to find out what kind of, I think the, the code is NA. ICS code, um, which is just a category for um, census purposes to know what type of business you're running. That's it. And I remember when I called the state to to find out my what my number was, they're like, oh, you got to call this number. But, you know, you have to leave a message. Those people never answer the phone. And I remember calling and that guy picked up the phone in like a second. And he's like, oh, tell me what your business is all about. And I said, what it was. And he's like, oh, you qualify, this is the number that you need to put on your registration. Perfect. It's all set, right? So one thing is, it's not hard to open, okay? It's not hard to fill out paperwork. It's just filling out um, basic information, okay? Um, so you do that and, you know, you basically set to go. Then you register, you get your IEN number and that's like the tax number, right? And you're going to need that for yourself and use tax permit, right? So point number one is how easy it is to open and kind of hard to close, right? So I've been closing my business, right? I started officially it closed, um, you know, I put the paperwork that it closed February 10 of this year, right? So a week ago. Yeah, a week ago this today, and it's I found myself that it's kind of like after being open, I guess, for many years, there's a lot of more paperwork to do, right? So I have to, you know, file with the state, right? I have to, um, online make sure that 
I close my tax accounts for the self-sale use permit and I have to send the self-sale use permit back to them, right? I mail it back and send the back of it and mail it back to them, to the state. And then I have to call the tax assessor office for the city of Danbury and make sure they know that, you know, don't charge me more property tax because my business is officially closed. There is a whole form for it. So if you, you know, in a different city, just reach out to the tax assessor, make sure you tell them that you're closing your business to do the form, right? And the other thing is, um, there's another, the trademark, right? So I call the, but the town clerk and I say, you know, I open my trademark and they're like, oh yeah, you have to close it also. So I opened the trademark even though I didn't need it to, but you know, I was doing this by myself last, you know, when I opened and they're like, yeah, you opened in 2014, your trademark, you got to close it. So there is a form and you have to send a check with the form. And you know, once we get it, so it will be officially, you know, clear from the records or deleted or canceled or something like that, right? So that's something that I found. I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, I, I want to move out of the studio. Now I have to do so many paperwork, but it's kind of like, it's not hard. It's almost like, it's just a lot of um, record keeping, I guess you can say, right? So point number two, right, is um, as a solo entrepreneur like myself, you tend to forget to do paperwork. Having a business, guys, having your own business is all about record keeping. And I heard this before, right? I just, it's there, there's so many things. When we, somebody like myself, when I'm working on a New York City fashion show collection, the last thing I want to know is that I have to log in and pay my taxes for my business. The last thing I want to do is that I have to do an annual report. That's another thing, right? Um, it goes with the point number one. You have to be on top of the annual reports with the state. If you open an LLC, they love small businesses so much that now you have to pay $80 for every annual report you submit, which is due every year. I found out that I was behind on my annual report, so that's not good when you have to pay $80 for how many years that you passed through, right? So I'm calling calling it out here so that anybody that has an LLC, reach out, search your name on the business registry, and make sure you're not passed on any annual report. And let me tell you something, because a lot of the times we keep ourselves from doing paperwork because we think it's hard. An annual report will take you about two minutes to complete. An annual report for an LLC is basically did you change the information? Did you add more people to your business? And did your address change? You as a registered agent, did your address change? No. Did your business address change? No. And did you add a new agent to the business? No. Submit all set. So it was a fault in my part that I was behind in so many years. But like I said, I learned. So my next LLC, I'm going to be on top of that because I don't want to pay $80 for years that I made. So as a solo entrepreneur, that's one the hardest thing. You do forget a lot of stuff that you have to, a lot of stuff that you have to do, right? Besides the fact that you have to be the social media manager for your own business, you forget to reply. I have emails and people will reach out. I, I email you. I left you a voice message. I'm like, I'm working on a collection. Like, you know, like there's a lot, right? And did you sign this paperwork? Did you tell me you were coming to this meeting and I will be showing up to the meeting? I'm like, I didn't know I had to reply. People get upset for, with that. So they want to know, do you confirm that you're coming? I'm like, I'm working on a dress right now. 
no we need to know how many people are showing up okay whatever it's just a lot of stuff like that so point number three one thing is because i hope i don't i have time to speak about this my point number three is how familiarity can kill or grow your business okay this is something that i noticed um notice from people who have their own business right there's a lot of people who have their own business like far away from where they live and i always wonder what that was i'm like do people not want to be find out is it because they don't want like a bad customers to follow them home and be like oh this is the girl down the restaurant she was so rude to me or something and one thing I, I've been watching a lot of Kitchen Nightmares reruns on YouTube, right? And I always notice that some of the owners, they don't live in the city where they open their business. And I always wonder what that was, right? And then I remember the Bible verse about, and God said, you know, um, nobody's a prophet in their own land or something like that, to that matter, right? There's a verse about it. And I found out the hard way what that is, right? Let me tell you something familiarity can either grow or kill your business in my in my side it didn't do any good because people know your upbringing they know who you are you are the girl who went with them to high school who are you now trying to be a fashion designer here in the city you know familiarity oh aren't you the one who works over there now you you have your own business too just knowing like what you do outside of that that you're doing as in your business people don't don't appreciate that believe it or not people see you with different eyes and there's something also that you have to remember there are people that know you and know who you are for many years perhaps even family members they will never accept the fact that you are a business owner that you have bigger dreams that you're trying to do to reach for something bigger um and that is life right and it can happen anywhere but if it helps you to open your llc far away from where you live that may be a good option, okay? And I'm telling you guys, I I remember, you know, you you get people get familiar with you and they don't respect what you do anymore in the fact that they will never see it as what it is. And why is that? Because that's just you know, like I said, that's just life. I'll get I will get invited to other churches, not even my own church. People from other churches will reach out to me because, right? Because why? I'm a Christian fashion designer. I had constant two, one Catholic church. I will do, they had like an annual fundraising event, right? These people found me somehow. And every year for three straight years, I was the invited designer for their annual gala that they had. They wanted me to do a fashion show, right? With their ladies from the church in this, they used to rent this beautiful place, hotel, banquet venue, whatever. It was like a fundraiser. And I will be invited every year. And I did that for like three, four years with them selected specifically to do that you think my church will invite me to do that no i invited people from my own church when i first had my first ever fashion show and they discovered like oh we'll go next time because they don't believe it's gonna be like a real i don't know what it is it's like 
they don't see you as what that is. They don't, they, you know, they have in their head ideas or something of what a fashion designer should be. And they don't think you're it. And the sad thing is that I'm sure if it was somebody else, somebody else who perhaps had, was the daughter of somebody who was a pastor or something like that, oh, that would be posted in the ladies group and let's go and join and let's go together. You know, she has her own fashion line, let's join in, but no, right? So I, I am so thankful that, you know, I was invited to go to other churches. I'm talking about like an hour, two hours away. And these people would just, you know, be so thankful that I was there and they will see me. Everybody wants to be seen for who they are. And I will never forget those opportunities, right? And then there's another big church in my area too. I got invited three times to participate with them for a ladies event. It's just, these are things that just don't make sense. The only thing that I can think of is familiarity can also kill your business can be because people will not see you for what god created you to be okay and number four point number four i'm almost running out of time my point number four is this it is very hard to obtain a grant all these people trying to say that they're a small business we support a a small business let me tell you something having an llc here in connecticut for the past eight years I think it's fake that they want to say they help small business. I have many times tried to apply for grants, right? Excuse me. I tried many times to apply for grants. And when I will look at the criteria, eligibility criteria, oh, make sure you make at least minimum $25,000 a year and make sure you have a matching um, amount to if you win the grant. Why, if I'm making $25,000 a year, like, I'm good. Like, don't be bothering me. Go out and reach out to, like, a Macy's store, like, you know, Carolina Herrera. You know, stop trying to advertise it like it's a small business, like you're trying to help a small business when we have to be making $25,000, $40,000, almost $50,000 a year. You're not helping small business. You're just pretending, you know. And then um, my point number five, which is my last point before I run out of time here, is that I, you learn a lot about yourself when you, when you have your own business, when you're running your small LLC. And I got to say, my LLC is very, was very small. Um, I learned one thing, guys, and I guess you can sense it by now, that I really dislike unsolicited advice okay let me tell you something people these days they don't even want to get to know who you are anymore they just want to tell you how to live your life as as crude as that sound that's how people are these days there are people who know perhaps they follow me on instagram perhaps they saw a newspaper article about what i do I got to tell you the story real quick. I used to, you know, besides having my LLC, I always had a full-time job, right? My, excuse me, my other job, right? Which is complete opposite of fashion, right? Yeah, I used to work in an office. I remember this guy, I remember it was um, Denver Fashion Week. 
and I, you know, I'm a Danbury Fashion Week, right? So they did a press release. I was one of the designers and I was in the paper and people, you know, they see your face and they're like, they see your face in the newspaper, people that never speak with you and they assume they already know everything about you, right? And this, I was in my office and this guy comes up and said, you need to go and, and search for Christian C. Riano. He lives in Danbury too. I was like, I know that, but why would I be searching? He's like, go. He got this man got so, like, you're trying to give unsolicited advice. At least be nice about it, right? Because that's already crossing the line. He's like, no, you need to send him a letter, reach out to him, go to Christian Siriano, okay? You have to do that. You shouldn't even be here. Like, are you serious right now? Like... I'm having a fashion show in like I I think that they 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 posted the article like three days before the fashion show. I'm getting ready for a collection. It's my last day in the office because I was taking time off just to focus on that. And this man, instead of saying, "Hey, good job, congratulations," on I saw in the paper you're also a designer. I had no idea. Like I never had spoken with him before, right? He made the effort to go and find me in where I work. You know, because I say that he didn't do that because other co-workers will say that to me. They will be like, oh, you know, that's really cool. You're doing the fashion show thing. I saw you're on the, pa- on the paper, whatever, right? This man is so, you know, the guy that came to me, he was so concerned and so proud of his opinion that he crossed the line because he doesn't even know me like that. And he's giving me unsolicited advice in the worst manner. So people, I do, people assume that they know you and then the worst thing is that they want to give you advice without you even asking for it and what a stupid advice it is like why would i reach out to christian siriano for you know like that's you know whatever i don't know it was just so weird so bizarre but that's one thing i learned guys that i don't like a solicited advice okay get to know people first right so here's the five points right I already discussed number one, how easy it is to open it and kind of hard to close an LLC. Number two, as a solo entrepreneur, you forget to do some of the paperwork. And number three, how you familiar how your familiarity can kill or, or advance your you know your business. Number four, how hard it is to obtain a grant. And number five, this is what I learned about myself that I just don't like unsolicited advice and that also people assume what you do without even asking because it's so easy to assume these days. Thank you everybody so much for listening to the to this podcast. Like I said, go ahead and follow me on YouTube to learn more. Julissa Designs. God bless.